This is episode 21 with Butch and Kim Taylor. So to separate yourself, you know, you've got to choose your partners, choose your vendors, train to put your to set yourself differently. You know, you've got to set up your staff and your staff has got to respond. Hey everybody, Nat Fam here, speaker, author, and marketing and business strategist. This is Success Secrets where every week we bring on a guest that is phenomenal in their industry and gives you insights on how they are successful. Hey everyone, welcome back to Success Secrets. I got a really fun interview for you. I have a couple that owns Titan Tire or Titan Auto and Tire, and that's Butch and Kim Taylor. They gave uh, us a lot of insights, really, as, as far as being entrepreneurs, uh, being married to each other, and, and really building a successful business. Some of the things that you're going to learn from this podcast is how staying technology relevant is essential to both marketing and providing great service. Um, the importance of staying uh, and following the trend and keeping up on the training in your industry as well and building a community of valued employees um, pays for your success and also ways to be active as a business in your community and how to fuse training into your new and current employee demands that and so much more in particular you're going to want to tune in on how they keep their marriage going and their business without stepping on each other's toes so you want to stay tuned in for that one particularly if you have a family business so let's go ahead and get up close and personal with butch and kim taylor this episode of Success Secrets is brought to you by SuccessWorks. Tell your story, share your passion, and serve the world. A digital agency that helps you with branding, websites, video, and so much more to be able to connect to your customers thousands at a time. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I was fascinated about your story uh, when I was at the chamber, and I wanted to hear a little bit more about how do you run your business. So real quickly for the folks who don't know, how did y'all start Titan Tire? Well, we started as a franchise uh, actually uh, back in 2004. And uh, over a period of time, we realized that uh, the franchise was not uh, in our best interest. So we, uh, we worked our way out of that situation and uh, we rebranded the company in 2012. Um, we kind of formed a focus team together uh, sat in the office for about three or four hours, uh, had a bunch of names, and we drilled it down. And uh, so we came up with Titan Auto and Tire. And uh, it's been, uh, that was in 2012. Mm -hmm. uh, we opened up this location that we're currently at, which okay. is in Mosley, Virginia, in 2014. Um, you know, Kim was kind of behind the branding. She did, she did all the legwork for that and, and set us up to um, almost mimic you know, a national company, and yeah. so we've, mm -hmm. we've set our business up to do that, and um, who knows where we'll end up. <laughs> so, Kim, what was the, the, the mindset behind the branding? Why did you use Titan? Did you all of a sudden see a, a movie and say, that's, that's it? Or <laughs> just, just the, it implies strength, and it, it implies longevity, and uh, we really wanted to create a brand that would be almost regional, or a lot of people actually thought we bought into another franchise when we rebranded as Titan Auto Entire, so it was really exciting. There's just so much security and people feel like they're getting uh, 
just a, uh, a more comfortable, better customer experience if they if you have if it's behind really strong marketing and a, a good strong brand name. Cool. Now, as far as entrepreneurship goes, has this always been in, in your blood, or just something all of a sudden you know, woke up one day and said, "Hey, we're, we're, we're going to go off on our own"? Right. Uh, well, that's that's a good. That's a, probably a longer question than what I'll answer on here. Yeah. However, um, I was in manufacturing for 21 years. I started out uh, kind of sweeping floors at a, at a plant, local plant here, and I was there for 15 years. Uh, worked my way up into middle management, and then um, I went back to school, got my degree, got a business degree, and then started with another company in Chesapeake, Virginia. I was there uh, as a production manager for about five years. and. Uh, had a neighbor behind me that, uh, that lived behind me at the time, and he ran his own business. To this day, he still does, and seemed like he had a lot of time on his hands. You know, <laughs> he was always out in his yard working, and um, you know, always had plenty of money. And I'm like, man, that that seems pretty cool, you know. Um, and so, I, you know, I started uh, with the franchise, and uh, soon learned out. I don't know. I, I never did figure out what he was doing because uh, the time and the money thing. Didn't, <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. It didn't happen right away, it, you know. And and so, um, we, you know, I think it's everybody's dream mm -hmm. to you know maybe want to be their own boss and run their own business. Um, some days uh, we feel like it is our dream. Some days we feel like it's our nightmare. <laughs> you know? I definitely feel you there. So who who's, who is the boss? <laughs> <laughs> we we operate in, in two completely really different capacities. She handles um, all the marketing, um, pretty much the insurance, health insurance, the benefits for the employees. Uh, where I handle the day to day operation, uh, the management of the employees, kind of uh, all the financials. Um, so we, we it's we really don't cross our paths too much. Uh, which is good because we sit in the same office. Yeah. Um, so. so that's amazing. You actually sit in the, the same office. Does, does that uh, work carry home, and and you have to or you, you have to separate that? Or what we do very that? rarely speak about business at home. I mean, unless something is really, really important that that has to be discussed. Because I don't think we ever planned it that way, but we just we turn it off when we get home because we have to. Because we just you have to step outside and you have to. You have to get a metal break, so. Um, yeah. We're not very. We're not home very That's often. That's true. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, with two locations, uh, you know, sixty hours a week sort of the norm, with mm -hmm. um, usually above that. But yeah. um, you know, we have we play hard too. So, what's the decision and expansion? You know, you said there was a lot of challenges already. What did you, what made you decide? Hey, I want another opportunity. I mean, headache. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it, it's. You know, you always want to do better. Yeah. You know, uh, you always want to grow. Um, we, I think, we provide a really good service to the community here. Um, we're we're comfortable. I mean, you know, as as a family, we're comfortable. We don't really, you know, need any income. We live very very simple, very simple. Uh, uh, I don't know how these people afford some of these houses. They live, <laughs> to be honest with you, we're, we live a pretty simple life. Um, you know, we like to get back to the community a lot. So, uh, you know, the more we can profit. Um, the more we can do, and you know, the true joy it is, you know, it's not in making the money; it's being able to do things, you know, give, give it back to the community. So, you know, sure we'll pocket some of it; don't get us wrong, but you know, being able to do more. How much of that doing more is is, is kind of tr contributes to the cause marketing, and, and what do you do as far as the marketing piece there when when you're going out to the community again? Well, we really a, a lot of our community partnership is through our customers. People come to us and say that you know. 
my daughter's on the swim team, my son's on this basketball team, or, or whatever cause is important to them, and then we just we try to try to help them with their cause. But we always tell people what's important to you is important to us, and you know we value their business, so we want to help them yeah. with causes and organizations that are meaningful to them. So um, we just those are the opportunities that we look for. Really starts with the customers. Sure. Yeah, I, I know it's always a challenge uh, when businesses want to be a part of that community. Mm -hmm. How do you decide what to allocate and how much and to who? Well, we I set a budget up every year, yeah. uh, um, you know, and we we try to follow that budget. Uh, I don't think we really turn anybody down, do we? Not very often. Yeah, I don't think we really turn anybody. You know, it may not be as much as they want yeah. or as much mm -hmm. as we'd like. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just a hundred dollars here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, we have several um, nonprofits that we give. You know, they were coming around. They'd come around once a month and said, "Look." You don't have to come around. I'll just send you a check every month. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we have, uh, it's, we just build it into our budget. Yeah. You know? We well, have pretty strong partnerships with the schools like Cosby High School sure. over here in Mosley and then um, Elizabeth Scott Elementary in Enon, which is close to our South Chesterfield store and um, starting to do things with them annually, like fundraisers and then sponsorships for different athletic events and things like that, so. Well, it seems like y'all figured out that challenge. Uh, but as you were building your business, what was the biggest challenge y'all had, and, and how did you overcome that? Um, you know, our biggest challenge has been and continues to be really um, the at the technician level, finding finding employees. Uh, our South Chesterfield store, you know, it's we're very stable down there. We've been there for 15, almost 15 years now, and. Uh, I think I haven't mailed out a W-2 in like four years, so you know the employees are kind of staying down there. With this being a new location, um, you know it's finding talent and, and keeping that talent. Uh, there's a lot of repair shops. People have a lot of choices to you know for a repair shop. Uh, we like to think that we're setting ourselves up for the future. You know we're a hybrid service center. Um, we've recently made a, a, a very nice hire to where we can. Uh, Work on diesels and uh, pretty much you know any type of foreign car and stuff like that. So um, that's been a, I think that's been our biggest challenge. There's there's yeah. kids nowadays they're um, they're really not turning toward the trades. Yeah. Uh, I have friends that are in heat and air business and things yeah. like that, and that's that's a challenge for them right now. Employees. Yeah, I find that uh, because most of the marketing is towards the. Uh, the traditional higher education mm -hmm. or you know non-trades yep. fields and I think that's where the challenge is is mm -hmm. in the marketing really and, and the other folks aren't marketing maybe as effectively to get those folks into those to those trades mm -hmm. I, you know I have challenges to hire it's always a, a tricky proposition mm -hmm. so once you hire folks um, is there a training process or because one of the things I've noticed you talked about is customer service is there a customer service chain or is that part of the culture or how, how do you infuse that into the company so uh, it's kind of a combination of both mm -hmm. um, hence why I stay here you know about four days a week right now four to five days a week I'm here yeah. we've got some new people up front so with me being here answering their questions uh, being able to work with them on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. infusing the the morals uh, the ethics that mm -hmm. we've kind of created as a business into them and pretty soon it becomes a habit for them uh, long term uh, I require a minimum 40 hours a week of training that I provide. I, I pay for them to go to training. I pay them to be there. I pay for the training. They get fed while they're there. Uh, and so, and that's, 
you know, accredited above above and beyond. And then we have um, hundreds of hours that are available to us online training oh, wow. through different one-hour webinars. Uh, I think the last count was 132 different one-hour webinars that I pay for. Um, and so they can, you know, they're required to go to the 40 hours, and this is above, is above and beyond. 40 hours a year. That I pay for. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Now, is the is the training more technical to their job, or it's more customer service oriented? Well, they're both. Well, for the technicians, yeah. it's technical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for the guys up front, we um, we do several different classes with them. Mm -hmm. We just got back from a conference. Uh, last weekend, uh, we literally closed the store early on Friday, closed the store on Friday, hmm. and took the whole team to uh, Williamsburg, Virginia for the weekend where we <laughs> sat in several seminars, all focused on customer service. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, um, you know, uh, long term, as far as for other entrepreneurs who might be listening, how did you incorporate a training program like that? Uh, is that something that you access that, that's part of your industry, or is this something uh, that's out available to any business? Our particular training that we use uh, for the people up front, a lot of people would have access to that. We, we go through a, through the Chesterfield Chamber, through a lot of it. Yeah, okay, uh, that's great. Smarter Business Series, yeah. several different structures that way. And then we're a Napa Auto Care Center, so Napa, oh, gotcha. Napa helps uh, provide, set up that training for the technicians in the back. So I've, I've interviewed some other folks uh, as far as partnership goes. How do you forge a partnership? How do you select partnerships like Napa? and you know, going through that decision-making process. Well, we just talked about it. Yeah, I yeah. think a lot of it's the, the training, the, the resources yeah. that they offer. Um, we're very fortunate to be partnered with Napa and then also like the Virginia Automotive Association. They just, they offer a lot of, of ongoing education, ongoing training, a lot of peer support. And so I think that's a big, yeah. big part of our decision-making when we, when we choose vendors. And you, you gotta look at the vendor that's you know, there are a lot, like I said, there's a lot of car, there's 1,700 car repair shops in, in the greater Richmond area. Wow. Okay, people have choices, mm -hmm. and there are a lot of good technicians out there. And so to separate yourself, you know, you've got to choose your partners, choose your vendors, train to put your, to set yourself differently. You know, you've got to set up your staff, and your staff has got to respond to the customers, um, A, in a, in a highly technical fashion, you know, we're, we're doing digital inspections, we're texting our customers, we're not calling them, yeah. we're sending them texts, hey, your car's ready. You know, they're getting emails, they're, you know, they're, because everything is, you know, it's got to be at their fingertips and in, uninterrupted in their day-to-day -day routine, so they just, they get a text, they pull out their phone, oh, my car's ready, boom, done. So how has that evolved over the years with technology, the, the demographic changing as far as, you know, millennials coming into mm -hmm. the workforce and the, the buying force, if you will? Mm -hmm. How have, uh, have that changed and how have y'all adopted to that uh, in addition to the, the, the texting side? I really feel like our, our target customers may be 25 and over. I think a lot of the younger millennials are still relying on parents to tell them where to go and especially if their parents or somebody else is paying for the service, they're going to say, they're going to tell them where they want to go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, you know, we just we're constantly in, increasing our social media, just changing the way, like you said, texting, how our software integrates with our customers and just different things like that, just trying to stay relevant and just, you know, keep on top of, of what's the latest and greatest because the, the you know, older millennials are, the, you know, we're targeting them heavily, yeah. and, but everybody's on social media, everybody's using texting. 
Um, so we've kind of gotten to the point where we have a, a few customers that, that we're still pretty reliant on phone calls and, and yeah, <laughs> the old sure. older ways of communication. Absolutely. But you know that 15 years ago when we started, marketing was easy. Yeah. You, you bought a $1,200 a month <laughs> ad in the Yellow Book. Yeah. You know, now you, you would think it's, it's, say it's simpler um, because it's at your fingertips, it's in the social media, it's in the websites and things like that. She does this full time. I can't, you know, I, I think we're fortunate to, to be able to partner together yeah. and for her to do the marketing part of it because it's a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Smaller businesses that do not have that luxury, I can't imagine the hours they're working yeah. to, to try to hold on to business, to get new business and because um, the market, it, it's, a, it's a lot to do. It's mm -hmm. a lot to do. So, uh, in your overall marketing plan, what is your, your key focus there, Kim? Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about social media mm -hmm. and the old school, the $1,200 ad. Sure. Uh, what, what is your focus to be able to be successful today? Um, I would say probably just getting, encouraging people to use different forms and different, we have a mobile app. Um, just really increasing that awareness to our customers of the technology that we offer so they can stay in touch with us. Um, Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, a relevant website that shows up well. You got you got to pay for the SEO. Mm -hmm. um, good reviews. We have a we hire a third party mm -hmm. uh, that that uh, targets our customers. Not tar they uh, survey our customers mm -hmm. yeah. and, and ask them for reviews. Um, yeah, last month here alone, we probably had about an eighth of the new customers came in from a referral, which is extremely exciting considering the store is only it's going to be three years old in July. Wow, is that a referral program you set up, or just word of mouth general? Order? Mostly just word of mouth. Well, we do we do have we do have a we have a ten dollar referral program where you know current customer can refer a new customer and then that the current customer gets ten dollars off their service, but. Um, it's just really, it's really exciting that people are, are talking about us and referring us to their friends and family. Yeah, that's great. Well, y'all talk about the evolution of technology and so mm -hmm. forth. How did you decide to get into the hybrid technology and that was going to be one of your focus there? Because well, I don't think there's many yeah, people are doing it. Yeah. Right? yeah, well, we're the only sh independent repair shop south of Ashland. Wow. Uh, so in the Richmond area. Now you can go to the dealership at home, but we, we consider ourselves to be a dealership alternative. Um, I watched, I've been watching the market for a while, and then last April uh, we decided, uh, you know, I kind of decided that, hey, I think it's going to go somewhere. Uh, and for us to get in on the ground floor, we, we either do it now or we don't do it at all. Yeah. And so, uh, me and another technician, uh, we went to uh, a, a school in Massachusetts called ACDC, Automotive Career Development Center. Oh, I thought you were going to the rock concert there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and ACDC kind of is electronic yeah. uh, in nature, but it's yeah. Automotive Career Development Center. And uh, the, the instructor there, the owner of that, of that uh, place is uh, one of the renowned, world-renowned. He teaches all over the world. Uh -huh. Uh, he gotcha. is the hybrid guru in, in pretty much in the country. He's actually writing or has written uh, the ASE module, um, the service excellent module for the hybrid part okay. for a technician to receive that uh, award. And so we went up there and we, we literally drank from a fire hose for six days. We started at 7 yeah. o'clock in the morning and stopped about Goodness. 10 o'clock at night. It was a lot of information. Uh, we came out uh, as technically him and I are both uh, master hybrid techs. Okay, so, so how's that um, impacted your business? Do, do people find you online because of that piece of it, of that hybrid? Well, so Kim can probably talk to that. She targets uh, targets hybrid owners, and, mm -hmm. and they've been coming in. Uh, we've got some rave reviews. We've had um, several 
problem cars that other um, places could not repair, um, and, and we were able to repair those. Uh, it's not going as quick as I was kind of hoping, but you know, everything happens in time. It, it's coming. Mm -hmm. We probably see one to two hybrids a day, maybe, uh, on average. Mm -hmm. uh, we had one in this morning. You know, sometimes it's just regular maintenance, but people know we can, if there is a problem, that we're here for them. So, uh, yeah, as far as education goes, um, how do you educate folks on uh, the, the, the services that you have? Or, you know, I've noticed some pictures of you uh, showing students mm -hmm. and so, so forth. How do you right. go about putting that into your program so that you can draw that kind of, uh, I guess, uh, attention or um, awareness? To your business? Well, the, the service managers and advisors, they'll, they'll take customers in the back and they'll actually show them their car. You know, if we recommend brake service or whatever it may be, a fluid change, the, the, tech, the service manager will go in the back and say, this is what your fluid likes, this, this is what it is now, this is what new fluid looks like, this is why we're recommending that you change it, or here's your brake pad. It's, it's really worn down, you know, for your safety. We recommend you replace these brake pads because it's, it's really, it's really terrifying if you're behind a door and you're really not seeing it. You have to trust this person that that what they're telling you is the truth. And you know, many times people have been lied to, and so we try to um, increase that trust, that, that value to the customer by letting them see exactly what you know why we're recommending something. Gotcha. Part part of the digital inspection we're going to, uh, we have the ability to actually take a picture. So the customer's not here, but we oh, cannot take neat. them back mm -hmm. and show them. Which you know we don't we don't like to be considered salesmen. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like to be considered an educator. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like that I if I can take somebody who knows nothing about a car, but if I can show them and then explain it to them in layman's terms, you know, kind of what the part does and, and the pros and cons of either repairing or fixing or replacing. Uh, they can make a good educated decision about what they want to do to their car, as long as they have all the facts and they can see it. The, the digital inspection that we're, that we're uh, implementing right now as we speak, um, if the customer's not here, we can send them pictures. Uh, it's got a little uh, description on the bottom, kind of tells them what the part does and what it doesn't do. It, it helps build the trust factor also, Sure. You know yeah. where they can physically see it. Yeah. Uh, and for our audience who are listening only on the podcast side, we are in their showroom, so you're going to hear some customers and some background noise, so uh, bear with some of that. But we want to be, uh, particularly on the video side, as, as authentic as we can be in, in your place of uh, establishing and work. Um, uh, along those lines, as far as getting, I, you know, I keep on hearing technology after technology, how do you decide what to invest in this technology to improve your business and how much to allocate. Mm -hmm. I think that's always a challenge for a lot of sure. businesses mm -hmm. out there. You know, I could probably relate that to an example of um, maybe nitrogen in the tires. Uh, that became a fad some years back and the investment uh, in the equipment to be able to put nitrogen versus regular air into yeah. your tires was about $8,000. And so, you know, any business owner uh, in any in any line of work, you really got to look at the return on investment, uh, and and then sometimes you got I guess you got to get lucky and, and kind of <laughs> forecast the future. You okay. know, is is it going to go somewhere? Is it going to be something? Uh, and in that particular instance, I was like, well, a, you know, I can't you can't charge somebody you know forty dollars per tire to put nitrogen yeah. in their in their tire when you can put free air in it. Yeah, you know, unless there's significant amount of value. I never invested in that technology, and it's it's kind of almost died out. Yeah. Have you, you guessed know? wrong before? Have you guessed wrong before? 
Oh, every day. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Yeah, I've got a lot of equipment back there that we only use. <laughs> gotcha. Cool. Um, so, you know, one of the uh, other areas that we talked about briefly um, was finding great people. What do y'all do right now to attract people? I know some of that may be in the marketing mm -hmm. world. Um, for the folks who have that same challenge, and I know you're, you're having a challenge at this store, but, you know, how do you find them? And then what's been the secret to keeping the folks, particularly the, the other location that you've had for 15 mm -hmm. years? Well, so, you know, finding the new folks, uh, you know, like the technician we just got was actually referred to us by a vendor uh, who, who, who kind of goes around and programs car computers. And, you know, I'll just toot our own horn. You know, he recommended, hey, if you're going to go work somewhere, this is a place to go work. So, um, you know, having a good reputation helps. It helps attract the, the right folks. Um, as far as keeping them, you know, a good training program, good benefits. We offer a full package of uh, health care and, and, and all that. And so, um, and just, you know, being there for them. Uh, we have a company Christmas party every year that, uh, you know, and, and it's, we really just try to t treat, treat the employees like we want to be treated. Yeah. You know, they're, like they're not, you know, give them some value, some ownership in the business. So they're just not so, you know, ready to get up and walk, go somewhere else because they feel like they're, they are Titan. Not yeah. just, they don't work for Titan, they are Titan. How do you, uh, are there any challenges uh, voicing your values and, and uh, morals that y'all believe in, or is that something that y'all just do and don't even think about? A little bit of both. I mean, we make it clear to the employees what, what our values are and our mission, and you know, we, we, they know that they're expected to make decisions based on those values, and, and we, help, we hold them very accountable to that. We don't allow any, any recommendations that, that aren't absolutely needed and, and can't be explained and you know, shown that, that they are necessary. Um, you know, we've gotten rid of employees very quickly for, for making bad recommendations or un unnecessary recommendations to customers because you know, we understand that we might get that one sale, but they may not come back, and they'll tell 10, 20 people, you know, that they, they were sold services they didn't need, and we, right. we've we always kept our, our reputation as our most important, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's everything. A, yeah, it's really important to us, I mean, because, you know, like we alluded on earlier, I mean, you know, these guys, our employees are, they're part of the business, they, they mm -hmm. are, but in reality, you know, they can leave today mm -hmm. and go work somewhere else tomorrow. We'll still be here. We don't have that luxury. <laughs> yeah. So if we don't hold them accountable, um, it, it's it's our own livelihood on the line. Yeah. Well, with that being said, you know, uh, making sure they have all the right uh, education and all the right tools and uh, technology, what do you think is the next big innovation? Hmm. That's a tough one. I mean, I. I really think it's in the hybrid market. I mean, mm -hmm. we're, you know, our, our fossil fuels are deplete, get being depleted. Uh, oils and, you know, the prices are down now, but they're, they're going to go back up. Uh, so being able to get more bang for the buck at the, at the fuel pump, and that's why, I mean, that was not a cheap adventure. Yeah. Six days uh, for two people training. Um, I probably have well over twenty-five, thirty $30,000 invested, mm -hmm. in initial investment just in that for the future. So I really think it's in the hybrid technology. Okay. Uh, you know, you have three different types of, uh, of hybrid vehicles. You have an, an all-electric, you have a plug-in hybrid, and then you have a, a, a hybrid vehicle. And uh, all of those cars are getting a minimum of, of 50 miles per gallon. 
So are you getting Teslas and stuff like that in here? No, yeah. <laughs> no, not yet. Is there any other electric ones out there? Oh, yeah, there's plenty. So you got the Chevy Tesla? Volt. Oh, that's right. Um, the Prius. Nissan. Uh, the Prius is a hybrid, but you've got uh, uh, the Nissan Leaf. Mm -hmm. But uh, the Tesla is uh, is a standalone. Um, Tesla works on Tesla. They've not released any of that technology gotcha. to the public. Gotcha. Um, where the Chevrolets and, uh, and the Fords yeah. and... Um, they, they've all released, you know, they have to release that technology. It, it won't be long before they have to. They'll, they'll get big enough to where the government will say, hey, yeah. you've, got to let, you've got to make this information <laughs> known or else you've got a monopoly. But, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so now we're going to get to the speed round. And the first question is, what is your favorite hybrid car? Mm, BMW i3. Oh, I didn't even know that was a hybrid. Is that the one with the funky doors? It's all electric. Okay, no, yeah. I'm thinking the i8, but the i3, yeah. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, BMW i3, very affordable car, uh, drives like a go-kart. It's really quick. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed that. Plus, it was a project car we did okay. in Massachusetts. We pretty much took that car, brand new car, yeah. brand new. It had like 60 miles on it. We took it apart and put it back together. Do you, do you have one, Kim? I was going to say the BMW, too. I, t I had a chance to test drive it while I was up there, and it was amazing how much space there was. It looked like a little tiny car, but I mean, it was amazing in, in the speed yeah, that it. Very quick. Very, very okay. quick. It was, it was a great little car. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Mm -hmm. um, what's the uh, most uh, common repair that y'all have? Uh, probably brakes. Brakes? Okay. Yeah. A nice wear item, you know. You probably, you know, you probably see those every 50, 60, 70,000 miles on a gotcha. vehicle. Probably see mine a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it depends on your driving conditions. People ask me all the time, how long will they, you know, they, if they're, say they have 25% yeah. left on their brakes, uh, how long will that last? I'm like, well, you know, you can drive from point A to point B on the highway and never stop. Yeah. Well, you can drive the same amount of mileage in the city and stop 10, 15 mm -hmm. times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it really depends on your driving habits. But yeah. uh, probably brakes. I mean, we, we're a Michelin tire dealer, so we, we do quite a few tires. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of diagnostics. Um, both my shops have um, really good diagnostic ability, so we can really troubleshoot the, um, the unknown, so to speak, gotcha. the, the problem areas. What's the most common car that comes through? Wow. Um, probably a, a Ford F-150. Oh, we, okay. do a, we do a lot of fleet like accounts, that. a lot of small businesses in the area, and they're driving the F-150s, the F-250s, um, the Chevy Silverado 1500s, but the, the pickup trucks that are, you know, the tradesmen are using, okay. uh, we kind of cater to, those, to that type of, uh, of company. Okay. Gotcha. At this location, I think we have a lot, the cars are much higher end. I mean, we have, we have Audis and Jaguars and yep. okay. a lot of Corvettes we've been working on lately, and even some classic cars. So it's always exciting to see what's going on in the back. You never know what's going to be in <laughs> the really shop. really don't. <laughs> yeah. cool. we, we had one day, we had uh, two Corvettes, a two 78 Corvette. and a 2017. Uh, they were both white. It was really, it was awesome. Uh, I'm going to have to come in here and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make sure that the repairs are okay yeah. for you guys. Uh, so what's the, um, what's the toughest part to repair? Toughest part? Uh, Sparks, spark plugs on an F-150. <laughs> <laughs> very, very well could be. Uh, the 5.4 Triton can be very difficult. Uh, you know, it's all mechanical stuff. None of it's really tough to replace. It's, uh, you know, some of it's more time consuming. Yeah. But none of it's, none of it's hard once you've been doing it for a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always, I always want to say we're, we're practicing working on automobiles. <laughs> like you practice law and you 
practice yeah. medicine. I, I would have practiced working on cars, but it's a science to it. It's it's not difficult. I think a lot of it's just drive drivability issues and diagnostics because a customer will come in and they'll they'll try to explain what they're hearing, and so there's many times we'll actually have a tech just go test drive the car yeah. with the customer yeah. because the customer is going to be quick to point out, oh, there's there's the beep, there's the squeak, there's yeah. the you know and. So, sometimes it's just getting that, just somebody to hear that, hear or feel it is, and then, is and then the start of it. And then that noise. Yeah. You know, yeah. It could be a squeak and a bump or a thump. And uh, We found one not too long, maybe six yeah. months ago, the customer said, there's this crazy noise. I, you know, I've had it three out of the shops. They can't figure it out. Can't figure it, out. it was a loose spare tire. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Um, what's the percent split, like 60, 40, 70, 30, between art and science in your business? If you're talking the mechanical side in the back, it's, it's um, I'd say 90-10. Oh, wow. okay. Okay, with the science and art, okay, science, 90 science. Up front, um, handling the customers, there's an art to that. Um, the, my managers are they're the middleman. Right, they're dealing with technicians who can be moody. They're employees, and then you deal with customers who are, you know, they're spending money on something. They, a lot of times, they didn't plan on doing. Yeah. You know, and so they, there's a, there's a lot of art to that. Yeah. I would say 60% art, 40% on the front side. How about running a business? What's the percent split? 100% crazy. <laughs> oh, that wasn't an option. <laughs> uh, you know, we we enjoy it, but. Um, I don't think we could do anything else. I, I can't imagine working for somebody at this point. We've been been working for ourselves for so long. It's um, yeah. yeah, it's um, it, it's definitely not technical. Uh, you know, the money side can be, yeah. but it's it's an art. You know, dealing with employees. You know, before I told you I worked manufacturing. Yeah, and uh, you know, I had I had over 100 employees that worked for me last time. You know, and if somebody didn't want to do their job, it was pretty simple. Hey, no problem. Yeah. Hit the street. I got somebody right behind you that can step mm -hmm. right in that role. In small business world, you do not have that luxury. No. Mm -hmm. no. You know, so there's a big, wide area of tolerance sometimes mm -hmm. and coercion and, and, and really just, you know, hey, what's what's the, you got to drill down to the root cause of the problem. I mean, what are your issues? What's causing you to act this way or, or whatever? And so um, it, it's... Become a psychologist sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, I understand that. You know, sometimes I'll come in here and I'll have meeting after meeting after meeting all day long. You know, with with employees. So, what's the um, you know y'all both, uh, I guess, sense some similarities as far as some of the challenges you're faced mm -hmm. with. What is the toughest part about working together? I guess every once in a line, every once in a while, that line will get crossed. That imaginary line that we've got when we where we split different things and yeah. you the, know. the frustrations of work will will carry over. We don't take it out on each other, but it can be a quiet evening sometimes yeah. or a quiet ride home. Mm -hmm. okay, once a month, we get to ride together. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the best part of working together? Schedule. Yeah, yeah. The schedule. We're, you know, we can be together when we want to be together and, and not be together when, you know, but we can plan plan the business around yeah. things that we do. Um, we have a lot of hobbies. I love to garden and play golf. Okay. Um, so I do a lot of that. Mm -hmm. you know, so we, a lot of times we can, we can be together a lot. Fantastic. Cool. All right, well, before we get into the last couple of questions here, I want to acknowledge you guys for the impact that y'all have in the community. I know y'all won the... Uh, won the Small Business Award for the Chesterfield Chamber, and Great you honor. give 
so much to the different organizations that approach you. So we acknowledge and thank you for that. For that. Thank, thank you. Um, with that, how can folks uh, connect with you guys? Oh, we're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just about every all the social media. The social media. <laughs> we love that as a marketing company ourselves. So we'll make sure we link that in the mm -hmm. show notes. Um, so the final two questions here: What is your and we'll ask both of you? What are your three secrets to success, whether it's in life or business? Hmm. <sighs> Patience. Um, good morals. Mm -hmm. um, and a focus on the customer. If I had to pull three off the top of my head, those were the first three that came mm -hmm. to me. What about you, Kim? I can't really say off the top of my head. I don't know. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on that one. <laughs> we'll, 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 uh, we'll use Butch's okay. as the same then. Um, and final question for both of you is, you know, everybody has uh, their perception of success. What is your definition of success? I mean, for me, it's 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 a multitude of things. It's um, you know, being able to provide for my family, um, for my employees to be able to provide for their families because uh, we have 18 employees. So mm -hmm. for them to be able to provide and make a good living, um, not work too much, but work hard. Uh, I'm, I'm you know kind of old school, so I like working hard. Um, and then, you know, you know, something we've talked about is, is being able to give back a little bit. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, work hard, play hard, give back. Oh, with that, work hard, play hard, give back. <laughs> with that, thank you so much for your time, everybody. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. So make sure you catch this episode. We'll have everything on the show notes. Until then, be successful and stay social. All right, that was Butch and Kim Taylor from Titan Auto and Tire. A lot of great insights. Uh, staying up with technology to be part of marketing is pretty interesting and uh, pretty mandatory these days, particularly if you have any uh, type of products that demands that, particularly in the automotive industry. So if you found this valuable, please, please share this with others, whether it's via email, click the LinkedIn and Facebook uh, share buttons and Twitter share buttons on this page. Uh, please go to natfam.com forward slash podcast or natfam for this episode, uh, natfam.com forward slash Titan Tire. Again, natfam.com Titan Tire is the URL. Make sure you share it. Let us know how we're doing. Let us um, know who else you'd like to see us interview and we'd love to hear back from you with that until we see each other and hear each other next time be successful and stay social